You Can Mentor is a podcast about the power of building relationships with kids from hard places in the name of Jesus. Every episode will help you overcome common mentoring obstacles and give you the confidence you need to invest in the lives of others. You Can Mentor. You Can Mentor podcast. My name is Zach Garza, and I'm here with the Murdog. Hey, guys. Hey, guys. That's all you got? And hey. <laughs> That's much better. And we are continuing our series on how to make our mentees lifelong followers of Jesus. So I'm excited yeah. about it. I feel like the last episode was pretty good. We talked about how to get our kids into church and why that is beneficial. So what'd you think about that episode, Stephen? I thought it was legit. I was on it and worship scripture and prayer cannot go wrong with those three. Yeah. That's what I have to say about it. That's awesome. And today we're going to talk about connecting our mentees to other followers of Jesus and just all the benefits that can come that can come with that. So I'm excited. Steven's excited because he's on it and because he's humble (laughs) and it's going to be a good one. So, so I, I just kind of want to start out this episode by sharing a story. So I'm a big believer in mentoring in general, but whenever I first started to mentor, I kind of felt like it was all on me. Like, this is my kid, I'm his mentor, and it's up to me to make sure that they excel in life, do great in school, go to church, go to college, have nice hair, just everything kind of fell on me. And what I've learned over the last 20 years of mentoring is. I can do that and that works, but man, it is so much better whenever you work together. So like, yes, I can introduce this mentee to some really cool things that can help out in life, but I can also introduce him to my wife and I can also introduce him to my neighbors and things like that. And there is just power whenever you work together. So there was this kid whenever I was a football coach at a inner city school in Dallas. Inner city is kind of a strong term, but it was a low income school. And there was this young man on my football team who was just a great young man. Like maybe he didn't make the best grades and maybe gave some teachers some, some issues, but I just love the kid. His heart was solid gold. And we just really started to connect as I taught him in the classroom and coached him on the football field. Well, he graduated from eighth grade and he moved on to high school. And I found out about midway through his freshman year that he had gone out for the football team, but the first day of football tryouts, him and the coach got into it and he took off his helmet, tossed it at the coach and quit. Six weeks later, he had dropped out of school and no one knew where this kid was. Mm. And that really broke my heart. One, because I truly love this kid, but two, because I didn't know about it. and. I took that story and I tried to learn from it. And I thought to myself, I wonder if we could have saved this kid from the decisions that he was making, if we would have had more than just my eyes on him, right? And so that led to us making some changes in our mentoring program. And from then on out, I started saying, yeah, I I might be able to mentor this kid, but I'm going to be really intentional about 
one more staff member getting to know him as well, and one more volunteer tutor investing into them as well. And I'm going to make sure that a couple other people in our community at least know who they are and know that they're part of our program and know that they're trying to do well. And I, I can't help but think that if instead of just having one mentor, and yes, I could have been his main mentor. What if he had six adults who were quote unquote looking out for him? Well, I, I think that it might not have taken six weeks for me to hear about it. And I think that we might have been able to step in and do a number of things. One, we might have been able to facilitate a conversation between him and his coach. Two, we might have been able to save him from dropping out of school and making those decisions that are life-altering decisions. Mm-hmm. And three, just what if we just had as many people as possible supporting him, encouraging him, speaking life into him. Once a, a mentee falls down, it's so much easier to pick him back up if there's one, two, three, four, five of y'all. So, so that that truly is how I go about mentoring now. Yes, a child might have one kind of primary mentor. But it is so much more effective, so much more impactful, and honestly, so much easier if there's more than one, if there's two, if there's four, if there's six. And so, and so that's, that's kind of how we got on this topic today, connecting our mentees to other followers of Jesus. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of like, I mean, the importance of community, which we talked about church last week and mainly focused on the the practices of encountering Jesus, of worship, scripture, prayer. And now, now we're kind of hitting on the community aspect of really being knit in. And as a, as a mentor, we are usually looking at ourselves as we are the, the thing that connects our boy. We, we are the connector to whatever knowledge, whatever lessons we've learned, wisdom we've carried throughout, throughout the years. And, that's great. We can impart those things, but wouldn't it be better if we were a door into a web of relationships where we connected them to not just the things we've learned, but the people who taught us those things, not, not just going to church, but maybe meeting the pastor and scheduling some time. I I know, obviously, I think when we talk about being kind of a networker and building social capital for the kids that we mentor, we're usually talking about the older kids I, I don't imagine a kindergartner, you're mentoring a kindergartner, and you're like, hey, let me introduce you to my boss. Maybe you could do that. But, but I think primarily thinking in junior high and high school, the way the world has run for the last, I, I don't know, since the internet began, when was that, 97? I don't know. Who's the guy? Al Gore. Al Gore started the internet. I don't, um, I don't know if that's true. I got my first <laughs> AOL account whenever I was in like sixth grade. So I'm not sure what the year was. <laughs> but but there's just been a shift to disembodied relationships. Mm-hmm. And because of that, I, th- I think there are a lot more consequences that kids run into because of that failure or lack of relational strength, skills, and, and all the things that you learn from a mentor or a mentor can connect you to. And, and so when, it, when, when you talk about being a connector to relationships for a kid from a hard place, you may be the first person that's not only embodying relationship, but inviting them into a community of, of adults, caring adults, followers of Jesus that, that may influence them and teach them something that maybe, maybe you didn't even learn and, and vice versa. I think, I think what you just said 
you talked about all the benefits for the kid, but I think all those six, seven adults that get into that kid's life, they're also being exposed. They're being challenged to grow as leaders. We always talk about one of our values at Forerunner is always be growing and really mentors are challenged and grow in their relationship with Jesus as they mentor and as they get in these kids' life. And, and so I think those benefits we miss out on when we don't connect kids to the relationships that we fostered in our own community. Yeah, I, I want to connect my mentee to the best person that I know in any field that they're interested in. Like, yeah, I want to connect them to the best father. I want to connect, connect them to the best banker I know. I want to connect them to the best singer I know. Just, just more exposure. And I want to do that for myself. I want to do that for my own kids. And I want to do that for my mentees. So, so today we're going to really focus in on four areas or ways that you can connect your mentees to other Jesus followers. And I think just based upon what we talked about last week, there's a lot of connections that can be made in the local church. Mm. So taking, taking your mentee to church every so often, every Sunday, that could be a great way just to expose them, not just to church itself, but to hundreds of people that you know have the same heart of discipleship as you do. And it's just a great opportunity to get your mentee into, into the same space with some, some pretty dynamic and caring people. Zach, can I share a quote from a book that's right in front of me? This is from Abilene Christian University Press. I, I think you'll, you'll like it just because of that. <laughs> Go Cats. They bring up, I, I guess they do a lot of children's ministry over there, so they kind of know what's up, but they, they bring up this point. I'll have, to, I'll have to speak in English after I say this phrase. They say they, they talk about the need for belonging and identity to be created through legitimate peripheral participation. What the heck does that mean? That means young kids doing what adults do in church, connect, relate, ask questions, engage. Uh, I mean... I think there's there's so much room for us to invite students into the life of the church, not just put them in the kids ministry, but sit them down next to us, pray for them, ask them how their week was, take communion together. There, there's just an emphasis upon we build identity, identity through belonging and identity, but doing the things that are most important within a community. And so when we invite students into adult rhythms it's, it's very powerful. And, and that is the same for the church. Well, and just by taking your kid to church, you're getting them used to being in large crowds of people and like, Hey, like watch me as I walk through the foyer and talk to 15 people and mm-hmm. just say, Hey, how's it going? You know, I'm going to ask them about their family. I'm going to ask them about, you know, something important that is going on and so much more is caught than taught. And I think that your kid can pick up a whole lot more than just worship scripture and prayer in church. They can pick up on the need to be a part of just like you said, a community, a family. So that's church. The kind of this subgroup of church is kind of our second group. And that is if you have a small group, home group, life group, just a more intentional relational, like, Hey, here is where we talk about our lives. Here's where we talk about things to celebrate. Here's where we talk about things that we're having a hard time with. And Hey, Minty, these are the 12 people that I quote unquote live life with, right? So like I can remember one of my mentees, he was in ninth grade and he had a hard time with this relationship he was having with a girl. And 
he asked me about it and I spoke into it, but it was kind of one of those things that I don't think he really wanted to hear from me on that, or I just didn't have the correct words to say, or I wasn't saying it in the right way. But I called one of my good friends who was a part of my church small group. And I just said, Hey man, could you take my mentee out for some ice cream or something and just kind of talk to him about this situation that he's having? And he said, yeah, sure. And so he, he came over and they went out and they came back about two hours later. And I asked my mentee, I was like, Hey man, how'd it go? And my mentee said, man, that, that was exactly what I needed. And I don't really know what they talked about, but what I know is that my friend had the ability to speak into my mentee's issue in a way that I just couldn't. And I was so thankful that I had that small group of people to really be able to say, Hey, look guys or girls like, Hey, look home group. I'm having this issue and I don't know what to do. Can anyone help me? And they're like, yeah, sure. I would love to. So. Come on. I love it. It has, has, has there been any way that your home group has, has helped you and Katie out with uh, Z or anything like that, Steven? I, I think the main thing that I, I've tried to model like my life groups, I don't know about yours. I'm sure they're probably similar, but I think you've been in those groups where everyone's just like so humble. It's like crazy. They're like, oh, I'm a, I'm a terrible father. I'm not a very good husband. I need y'all to pray for me so I can repent. And I don't want to minimize those things because <laughs> many of them are true. And I think when when you come to a small group environment, those are usually the environments where you're actually able to talk about those things that you can't talk about in the big group. But I think just giving your mentees an opportunity to see humility amongst adults is just a very powerful thing to witness. And I don't, I I can't think of very many opportunities you have other than a small group where, where they'll see multiple people sharing, not just one-on-one where you're like, Hey, this is something I'm struggling with, but like with the group, Hey, I'm struggling in my marriage and uh, I'd love for you guys to pray for me. Those things, I don't think kids hear that at school. I don't think we necessarily, unless, unless you've kind of established that as a rhythm within your home, it's not common. We usually need an environment like that, a safe place in order just personally as adults to share. And so really giving our mentees the opportunity to experience that and hear people confess that they, they're not okay, I think, I think is really transformative and, and allows them to become vulnerable. I mean, that's usually what happens is that vulnerability begets vulnerability. And when somebody opens up, everybody else is allowed to. Well, and I think being a part of a small group is also a fantastic opportunity for your mentee to see that there's more than one way to, to live a life. Like, hey, I want to introduce you to this couple. They got married whenever they were 22. And I want to introduce you to this couple. They got married whenever they were 34. And I want to introduce you to this person. They're in their mid thirties and they're single. I want to introduce you to this person, right? Like they were on the mission field for five or 10 years, or I want to introduce you to this person. Like they went to college. I want to introduce you to this one. They didn't. And it, it is, it is just a great way to expose them to, Hey, there's more than one way to be successful in life. Yes. You're more than willing, or you're more than welcome to follow my example, but check out Timmy over here. He didn't go to college and he's doing fantastic for himself. Right. And so it is just like, I guess the best word that I can think of is exposure. It's 
your mentee is learning just multiple ways, just that there's more than one door that you can walk through towards, towards success and towards becoming all that God has for you. And so I just, I just think that's super important. And yes, it'll be awkward. Yes, it'll be weird. But you just have to trust that like more is going on than what it looks like on the surface. Like you have to trust that if you're putting your mentee in an environment with other Christ followers who are being open and sharing about their life, that he's going to use that and that he's going to teach them something and he's going to shape their heart, whether or not it looks like they're having fun. <laughs> right. Uh-huh. So I think that, that that's awesome. So you can connect your mentee to other followers of Jesus at church, connect them through small group or life group. And then the third thing is just through your friends. I think for me, and this is something that we've talked about on our podcast, it's important for your mentee to see you having fun and building other healthy relationships with your friends. And so it's like, I want my mentee to see me laugh and like not be super serious with my friends while we're watching a football game. Like, I want them to know that like, Hey, here is how a follower of Jesus has fun. Here's how a follower of Jesus relaxes, whether it's going camping or going hunting or watching sports or playing sports or, or in a band, just whatever you can do to expose them to, Hey, this is what a healthy adult friendship looks like. Right. Yeah, that's really good. I I like the, the idea of these different environments, that it doesn't just have to be this, this Jesus environment or like explicitly like uh, we're gathering because of Jesus, but very natural gatherings of uh, a hangout at the house to watch the Super Bowl or, I mean, going out bowling or going to top golf, those kind of things, ex- exposing them to every kind of environment that you interact with uh, and the people that you interact with. So, so like I, I can remember whenever I got serious about my faith. And one of the things that kept me from getting serious about my faith early on was every Christian's born. Like every Christian's a nerd who does nothing but carry around their Bible and tuck in their shirt. And they probably have a sweater vest on. And like, you know, that they have like their home combed over and apart for sure. But I didn't want to be a part of that. Right. Because I like having fun. And it wasn't until one of my friends who kind of led me to the Lord took me on a camp out with a bunch of other guys who were followers of Jesus. And I remember eating dinner and just like laughing with these guys. And it just hit me. I was like, man, this is actually a really good time. I didn't know that you could love Jesus and have fun. <laughs> right. Mm. And that's kind of a game changer. So I, I, I think it's important that we show our mentees just that side of, of, of faith, of following Jesus. Like, Hey, there's a time to worship. There's a time to pray. There's a time to get into God's word. There's a time to be with other believers and help iron sharpen iron, but there's also a time just to hang out and encourage each other and just to laugh and have joy. And the joy of the Lord is our strength. And it's okay to laugh and to, right. And it's also in those environments that like, how many times has this happened to you, Stephen? You're having a good time. And then all of a sudden someone asks a really deep and important question, right? And it's like, oh, whoa, I thought that we were just hunting, but now they're asking about, you know, mm-hmm. how to handle this issue. And so just giving your mentee a framework for, hey, like, here's a safe and fun environment. So, yeah, it's usually in those environments that you, you talk about what's going on in your life. And I, I don't know about you, but anytime I met with Z, for, I mean, for most of junior high and half of high school, anytime I asked him, 
how was your day today? Or, you know, like the questions that you try to phrase in, in a non yes or no way, but then inevitably they become a one word answer. Like as an adult, when someone asks, how was your day today? As your friend, you might share something off the top of your head that happened that I would either was funny, was awesome or was horrible. And, and then you just spitball off of each other. And those conversations can be very fruitful for someone just to listen into and say, oh, okay. When he's asked me how my day was, this was the answer he was looking for. He just wants to hear about, hear about me because he cares about me. And I mean, I think sometimes that may be important that a kid might know, not know how to answer those questions. So if you talk to someone else and expose him to what you're looking for, then, then he can engage and interact. Well, and it's the thing that comes to mind, Stephen, is that like, you know, I've, I've heard it said that, you know, if you're a female, you connect best face-to-face. If you're a male, you connect best side-to-side. And mm. it's, it's just always, from my, from my experience, it's always kind of more comfortable when you're doing something together as guys. And so, like, you're probably not going to go out to coffee with your mentee who's, like, a junior in high school and be like, so tell me everything, right? Like, that might not work. That <laughs> might work for girls yeah. but for boys maybe not so much so yeah i i think everything that you're saying spot on buddy so are you saying that the thing we're doing right now is we're doing a podcast side to side i mean technically on zoom we are side <laughs> to side but <laughs> yeah so okay. okay so we talked about church talked about small groups talked about friends and then last i think that this is a really cool like paul timothy type deal but exposing them to your mentors exposing them to the important people who have shaped and molded you to the person who you are today. I think that that's awesome. Like I, I can remember that I was mentoring a young man back in Dallas. I guess he wasn't that young. You know, I'm close to 40. He's a couple of years below me, but he was a kind of a new follower of Jesus. And we were having breakfast, just talking about his marriage and talking about, talking about the word. And we met every Thursday morning. It was awesome. But I look over, and at the table, a couple spots down is the guy who mentored me and the guy who mentored him. Wow. So I took the guy that I was investing into. I said, Hey man, let's go say hi to these people. And I was like, Hey guys, here's Scott. You know, I just want you to know, Scott, that this is my spiritual father and this is my spiritual grandfather. <laughs> and like, <laughs> we all started to love to laugh because we're all kind of, kind of the same age, but it is just so cool whenever you're able to kind of one show the people that invested into you that you're passing it on. Right. But two, mm-hmm. exposing your mentee to someone that you know, and someone that you trust and allowing them to speak into them as well. And so it kind of goes back to the first point, exposing and connecting and just putting your mentee in into a space and an environment with as many Jesus followers as possible to encourage them, to equip them, to show them multiple ways of following Jesus or multiple ways of being successful. So I just think that that's awesome. That, that one just connects all the dots of, of just the importance of mentorship, the importance of discipleship and having someone that's investing into you and realizing that even probably what's 
communicated within that is that the expectation is for them to one day mm-hmm. be a mentor for them to invest in the next guy because they see okay i'm like one of of many that have been mentored maybe this is my calling as well to bring someone else to the table yeah for sure so stevens if you guys have been following our podcast at all then you know that my mentor is this guy named steve allen and Stephen murray early on whenever we both worked together at Forerunner, I introduce you to Steve Allen. So can you just kind of share what that was like, just knowing that you were talking to my mentor, even though I was kind of mentoring you? Yeah. I mean, well, first it was just a lot of fun, even just getting to hear him say phrases that I've heard you say. It's, it's like just recognizing that you've picked up language and you've picked up culture and practices from those that have taught you and it, it kind of demystifies it a little bit. And that can on, on one level be like, oh, okay. Like it, I, I say that in a good way. It's like, oh, okay. Like when we impart something, someone can run with it as if it's theirs. And I, I, it makes me think about how many people have repeated or are doing the things that they've seen in me. Like, and that's like powerful to, to consider. And I don't know if Steve necessarily knows all of that because he can't see it. And so it was, it was also encouraging for me to be able to honor him for the way that he's poured into you, because I know that I've naturally received from him because of that. So that was meaningful for me. Well, what's actually funny, Stephen, is you guys have heard, if you've been checking out our podcast for a while, Pastor John Bauer has been on our podcast before, and he was my pastor and he invested into me for years spiritually. And he always used the phrase, vulnerability begets vulnerability. And just on this podcast, <laughs> I heard you say that. And as soon as I heard you say that, I was like, huh, he's gotten that from me. And I got that from John. <laughs> so that's fun. It's cool. There's a book out there. It's called the making of a disciple by a guy named Keith Phillips. And it's an older book. It's not super popular, but there is this section in the book about how to make disciples, which that, that is what we're doing as we mentor, we're, we're making disciples. And he said that you won't truly know if you've been successful as a disciple maker until the person that you discipled makes a disciple who makes a disciple. And what he says there is it's like, okay, the first step is you're investing into one other person, but the next step is you have to have invested into that person in such a way that they go and they invest into another person. Uh-huh. But you won't truly know if what you've done catches until that third generation goes and makes a fourth generation. Because we're not here just to make disciples. We're here to make disciples who make disciples who make disciples. And that's how we're going to start a discipleship movement through mentoring. And I'm super passionate about that. So, yeah. And and, and just like it isn't ever going to hurt to introduce your mentee to someone who is further along than you, whether it's spiritually or in experiences and age, like one of my mentors he's 92 and anyone would benefit from getting into into contact with him because he's just such a godly guy. And honestly speaking, how, how many older people do our mentees know? Like maybe your mentee doesn't know anyone over the age of 60 or know anyone over the age of 70 or just further along down the road than you are. So. I mean, outside of grandparents, why would he? Exactly. (laughs) Right. So kind of funny, but all right. Yeah. Well, anything else, Murdoch? I mean, I, I just think it's, it's beautiful to think about mentorship creates legacy and 
I think legacy is like two things. This is probably a Chris Valentin idea, but I've just, I heard a message where he was talking about, you know, in the book of Hebrews, there's all these, like, it's kind of like the hall, hall of, hall of faith or, or whatever, where it's all these people who receive promises, but did not receive them, but they received them in faith. He makes the point. He's like, we need to recognize that we're a part of their lineage and their promise is it is really weird. We get to walk in it and we have some level of responsibility to the past generation to, to walk in what they carried and didn't receive. But then also we have a responsibility to the next generation of passing off what we learn and imparting to them and calling to remembrance what we've, what we've received. And so in a, in a very real way, that is a motivation that gives you purpose. That gives you identity that is formational and if, and if a mentee can pick up that they're a part of this greater story, that they're not the center of the story, they're a part of this, this history of relationship with God where people have gone before us, imparted to us, and we're going to impart it as well. I mean, what you just shared about the four generations is like exactly what Paul said, 2 Timothy 2.2, 2, the things you've heard from me, entrust to faithful men who will teach others. Four generations. And I, I think that that like when we talk about lifelong follower of Jesus, that is what we're talking about. Somebody who finds that they're a part of this big story and, and, and get to receive and then pour it out and give it away. So, yeah, I think that any of these practices would be helpful. And that really wisdom, wisdom is not just experience, failure, things we walk through. Those definitely teach us. The wisdom is also seeking out adults, seeking out the wise and learning from them, garnering wisdom. And if we can teach our mentees how to do that, not just from us, but from those in our community and, and others, I think that skill will pay dividends forever. And so I think that's, that's what we're going after. And so anybody listening, you can find one practical from what we just talked about last week. It's worship, scripture, prayer. This week, it's relationships. Who, who are you connecting them to who also follows Jesus, who could impart something new to them that, that maybe you couldn't? Yeah, I, I love it, Zach. That's all I got. It's not all on you. Be intentional about sharing the load and you never know. Your mentee might learn a brand new concept from someone other than you. And that person, your neighbor, your friend, your person you sit next to a church or who is in your small group, their life might be changed because they had a part to play in allowing this mentee to know Jesus and for their life to be transformed. So it takes a village. There's many hands that make light work and that's all I got. You can mentor. <laughs>